This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. Coronavirus's weakness is soap. After like a couple of days, you'll start feeling better, but then it comes back even worse, which it's kind of like a trickster virus. I don't really I don't want to get it and I don't want my family to get it. And I hope they find a curve because it's going to be very hard. India is yet to safely reach the shores after being battered by the second wave of COVID, where we saw cases go as high as 4 lakh a day. But with cases gradually coming down, there's now talk about a possible third wave and when and how that might play out. And this is not just in India. A top scientist in the UK, which is supposed to unlock on June 21st, recently said the country is already in the early stages of a third wave. The situation in India is of course very different, but whenever there's talk of a third wave, one of the first questions that are asked is whether children might be disproportionately affected. This might be because there were more children who were infected this time and the fact that there's no vaccine approved for kids in India yet unlike in the US. But one thing is clear, parents are a very worried lot. You know there's so many concerns firstly would be she does suffer from you know bouts of wheezing every now and then it's not often but you know it's something we take her to a hospital if it gets bad. but for the past one year it's always been a concern and you know if the hospitals are full and with the third wave coming another concern is you know the hospitals i hope they are prepared for the third wave especially for children you know they're saying it's it's really going to affect them and i hope uh, the government will be prepared that was kamakshi velo the mother of a 7 year old in bangalore who shared her concerns about her daughter and she is hardly the only one In fact, there are parents who are so worried that if they have the option, they're trying to spend the summer abroad because they feel their children might be safer there. My sister-in-law lives in the US and we keep talking and uh, the kids there are going to school. The systems there I feel are better because current situation what we have seen in the second wave in Delhi, I am petrified. very understandable so is there a chance that if the option is available you would extend your stay in the us yes as far as i can if i go there if i am able to because the schools are online so one can uh, do that from anywhere in the world so if the options like that are available i'll be the first one to take it just because primarily for my kids safety and security especially when you don't know what's coming your way and how would you want to react to it it's going to be safer if you're there then That was Simran Segal, a parent of two children below the age of 10, who is located in New Delhi and who you just heard talk about her plans. But to what extent are these anxieties and fears about children justified? You're listening to the Morning Brief from the Economic Times and I'm Indulekha Arvin. I spoke to Dr. Rakshay Shetty head of pediatric intensive care services at rainbow children's hospital to get a better handle on the situation dr shetty we saw a lot more children affected by covid this time round compared to last year so do parents need to be worried about how a possible third wave might affect children 
is there reason to think that they might be uh, worse off in any way than they are currently now if you were to look at the data internationally as of now even those countries which are far ahead of us in terms of say italy or uk or us who had a first wave and second wave earlier than us there is no indication to suggest that children would be adversely affected you know it's true that the number of children who got affected this time was higher but that's infection right so uh, we have not had children who has been seriously infected far more higher than first wave so the number is large but then they have not been affected the way young adults got affected this year the number why the children got affected more is particularly because when we came this time the variant of the virus which got affected was highly contagious so obviously the number looked large but uh, thankfully for the most part it's been a mild illness in fact that's what i was going to ask you doctor i mean even in the current surge uh, were most of the cases say 90% or so were they mild or asymptomatic that's absolutely true i mean uh, uh, we we um, had close to 180 admissions um if you look at our own admission data i mean this is the patient who got admitted to the hospital and we used to roughly see around 30 to 40 on outpatient basis and for most part you know our experience has been that the fever lasts for 3 to 4 days at the best some children have loose motions the children who got admitted are the ones who are very young uh, some of them had poor feeding they were admitted for a couple of days some of them because of anxiety and uh, a few adolescents who are on the higher the, when the weight being on the higher side they did get admitted they did have pneumonia but then the way it behaved was completely different compared to adults you know it's been far more milder in less thankfully and uh, um, uh, many reports even when you look into the children who died it's it's not actually because of covid um, they came with some of the problem incidentally covid also was positive in them so uh, uh, children who got really unwell generally had some kind of comorbidity like a neurological disorder developmental delay though though they became quite unwell but then even in them uh, our experience has been that they have recovered quite well but what about post covid complications like uh, multi system inflammatory syndrome that uh, was a concern in a few cases देश भर में कोरोना वायरस की दूसरी लहर का कहर तो छाया हुआ है उसी बीच बच्चों के ऊपर एक खतरा मंडरा रहा है और वो है एम सिंड्रोम ये जो सिंड्रोम है जो बच्चे हैं 18 साल के नीचे जो हैं खास करके जो 8 महीने के हैं 6 महीने के हैं उनके ऊपर कोरोना वायरस अगर उन्हें हुआ है इन्फेक्शस है वो उसके बाद एम सिंड्रोम देखा जा रहा है जिसमें उनके जो लंग्स है उनका पेट है उसमें तकलीफें महसूस की जा रही है और उनका जो चेहरा है सूझा जा रहा है this particular uh, part what we call as post covid syndrome like what you mentioned we call it as misc that is a concern now um, that uh, you know what happens is people we just don't know why it occurs but then uh, we we think it is probably because of body's own immune response and this can roughly occur 2 weeks to anywhere 6 weeks from an acute covid infection now uh, the incidence you know it's it's again we should not go with a mistaken belief that it's common it probably happens in 1 in 10000 but even when you say 1 in 10000 the sheer population of this country now in all the waves across the world we have seen this occurring almost a month a peak of misc after uh, uh, the first wave or the second wave and we have started seeing a steady rise uh, at least two to three children every day get admitted with misc in our hospital and again for most part misc is a disease which can easily be treated there are specific protocols 99% of them respond quite well provided they get a timely and early care 
the issue has been the recognition and knowing are parents also concerned about the third wave and its effect on children because there is no vaccine authorized in india for children yet so so i think what parents should right now be looking for is uh, you know the, any new onset fever now you know rather than third wave because like i just said about mis it's about uh, early recognition so how to recognize mis is important i think i think uh, any fever which persists beyond 3 days very high grade spiking fevers any red eyes rashes tummy aches vomiting loose motions you know these are generally signs of mis now with regards to third wave and the role of vaccine now we should know that uh, you know uh, the concern about vaccine are twofold one we are talking about a condition in children who's not been i mean whose impact has not been uh, demonstrated to be a lethal or a difficult disease like what we saw in Uh, adults or elderly people and then we have this concern where it is not related to the virus itself but its immune response right so what we don't know is whether the vaccine also leads to mis second what are we trying to prevent because this illness itself has been a mild illness so is there a merit in actually preventing a mild illness but uh, from epidemiological point of view probably vaccinating children is important the reason why is that important is because um, you know what is going to happen probably in the future is you are going to have people who are 18 plus vaccinated or contracted natural disease and are probably immune that means the only host left for the virus you know it is also survival game for virus right now even though children might not get affected seriously like what we're seeing now but then it can become a potential source for a future mutations and then again reinfect adults the immunologists also feel that probably the mis chances you know if is probably less with the vaccine compared to natural infection so that's also one more a kind of an um, uh, uh, probably a lead to why we might have to consider vaccine but i think the uh, vaccine trials are going on in children i think we should get some answers and uh, you know uh, if it de- can decrease the incidence of mis then i think that's worthwhile considering vaccination children and also from epidemiological perspective to prevent future waves vaccinating children would be an important step the perspective of dr shetty who has been treating hundreds of children these last couple of months should be reassuring to parents who are worried about their wards but for a more comprehensive understanding of what a third wave might look like to understand whether policy makers might be paying disproportionate attention to how children might be affected at the cost of something else and what the health ministry's thoughts are i spoke to two other experts the first Dr. Chandrakant Lahiria is an epidemiologist and public health systems expert who has also recently co-authored Till We Win India's Fight Against the COVID-19 Pandemic along with AIMS chief Dr. Randeep Guleria and vaccine expert Dr. Gagandeep Khan. The other is my colleague Tina Thakkar, ET's health reporter who's been covering all aspects of the pandemic for the Economic Times. Thank you both for joining us. Dr Lehria before i get into the discussion about kids and whether they're more at risk in case of a third wave i want to start with a more fundamental question is another surge of covid cases later this year inevitable what we need to remember that as long as there are susceptible population groups there would be surge in the cases of covid-19 we have seen in many countries that they had witnessed uh, three or even four epidemic waves before start of second wave while there was 78% of indian population which was susceptible but by the time second wave would be over there would still be 40% or so population which will be susceptible to virus so the only way this susceptible population pool can be reduced 
either we rapidly scale up vaccination drive or a natural infection happens. So there is no doubt that India would have a third wave, a fourth wave, or maybe many more waves. I'll in fact come to the question of vaccinations a little later. But whenever discussions about the third wave of COVID seems to come up, and these days they are coming up, a lot of emphasis seems to be about whether it's likely to affect children disproportionately. And we've also seen various state governments like uh, Maharashtra and UP say they'll be increasing pediatric COVID care, setting up pediatric ICUs in anticipation of a third wave. Meanwhile, uh, staying with Maharashtra, anticipating that third wave, as you heard the chief minister there, and a possibility that it might infect kids more. In fact, Delhi government seems to be taking this fight of COVID and their impact on kids quite seriously. They have now decided to form a special task force to protect children from Corona's third wave. Dr. Lahiria, is there any evidence to suggest that children will be more at risk in the event of a third wave? Let me be very categorical in this. There is no scientific or epidemiological evidence that uh, third or any subsequent way would affect children disproportionately. Let me come to the specific answer. Many countries have already witnessed a number of waves, including four waves, and from none of the countries we have seen that children were disproportionately affected. And even during those periods, there was no vaccine available. Second, we know and from successive zero surveys done at the national level and state level, and what we know from those zero surveys that uh, in all the periods or all the waves and all the states, children were infected at a similar level or similar rate as adults were. We also know that children do not develop severe disease. There is a scientific reason for that because the SARS-CoV-2 need to latch to the uh, particular receptors in the lungs of uh, human beings. And these receptors are called ACE2. These receptors are underdeveloped in the lungs of the children. And that's why while Children do get infected. They carry the virus in their nose and throat, but the virus does not uh, find a way to their lungs and that's why they do not develop severe disease. But let me also come to some epidemiological data from India. Number of Indian states and also Indian Council of Medical Research and Niti Aayog did a study on hospitalized patients. They reported their findings in which they said that in the first wave of all the cases, 4.2% were uh, in the age group of 0 to 18 years. Now, they have also looked at the data from the second wave, and it was found that the proportion of uh, cases in children in the second wave was around 5.8%. Uh, now, if we look at it statistically and epidemiologically, the difference in the 4.2 and 5.8% may not be statistically significant. It's only uh, outcome of uh, limited data collected. So, there is no change and no difference. I also want to highlight that uh, while we are hearing some leading experts talking about a higher risk of developing children de developing disease in third wave. Yes. Uh, I think that is uh, really ill-informed. Now, more and more scientists are saying that once the third wave hits India, kids are going to be most impacted. ऑक्सीजन की सप्लाई के केस में सुनवाई के दौरान सुप्रीम कोर्ट ने कहा चिंता की बात है कि तीसरी लहर की बात वैज्ञानिक कर रहे हैं उसमें बच्चों के प्रभावित होने की आशंका है क्या तीसरी लहर में बच्चों को सबसे ज्यादा खतरा होगा राजस्थान के अखबारों में तो कुछ ऐसी हेडलाइंस छपी जिससे बच्चों के माता-पिता बहुत चिंतित हुए 
what happens in the second wave uh, the number of absolute number of cases has was four to six fold higher in this way we know facility healthcare facilities for all population group uh, groups were overwhelmed children are valued by every society and every family so what happens that children are taken to healthcare facility little early and they are taken to a higher level of healthcare facility so it is very likely that people working at the tertiary or advanced level of facilities especially pediatric icu might have seen far higher number of cases but that does not translate that children were disproportionately affected it is very likely that uh, uh, the number of pediatric icu are limited or pediatric facilities are limited so they saw a slightly higher number of cases beyond the opinion of individual practitioners the professional association have also examined and reviewed this situation and even the professional association such as indian academy of pediatrics have found as a group of 30000 practitioners that uh, children are, are have not been at additional risk and unlikely to be additional risk so there is no reason to panic the other aspect i would like to flag that if we look uh, scientific aspect and though virus is changing as we see through genomic sequence and there are new variants of concern yes. but there is no evidence that these new variants have any increased affinity for children i believe that uh, a few indian states have worked or acted in hurry or hurriedly acted to set up a pediatric task force for covid-19 a uh, pandemic response should be comprehensive and integrated if uh, the pediatric viewpoint need to be taken it the pediatricians should be part of the single task force sometimes there is a risk in setting up separate task force because they come under impression that they have to come up with some ideas and that may skew the discourse and the efforts with government should be doing tina what are you hearing from your sources in the health ministry about whether the union government is already talking about preparing for a third wave is there any talk about uh, again pediatric care and so on yeah so basically you know as we all know that children are often like asymptomatic and uh, rarely require hospitalization uh, however there are viral uh, behavior that can uh, change so keeping in view uh, you know various uh, disease dynamics and nature of the virus and the pandemic the government has formed uh, guidelines which will be made public soon so what is happening is that there is an updated view of the situation and uh, this group has examined signs which were not available 4 to 5 months ago so we will have something for the children though we are saying that they are often asymptomatic and an expert group uh, as dr lehria told uh, has been created to review covid infections in children okay i'd like to come to the question of vaccines now because one reason parents are concerned about children and covid in the next surge is also because no vaccines have been authorized for use in india yet and in fact that's what one of the parents i had spoken to had told me as well Pfizer has come out with a 12 plus vaccine which is not yet approved in India and we don't know when the 2 to 11 years old uh, when that vaccine this I think is still under trials you know I if I'm looking at the scenario it will probably only arrive in India probably next year and by the time the kids get it you know it's it's another whole year of their having lost school having lost the time playing with their friends sports activities uh, so many other things 
so yes you know i'm hoping and praying that this uh, vaccine gets here sooner rather than later dr shetty the pediatrician that i spoken to also said that one concern that's usually shared with him is that you know because children will form a large population who are not vaccinated the virus might spread through them because they are a vulnerable section of the population dr lerya is that a valid concern you know the fact that there will be unvaccinated children and hence they'll be more vulnerable to the disease and the transmission so we need to remember that uh, covid-19 vaccination is being done with specific purpose and that purpose is threefold one to protect the frontline workers and second is the to reduce morbidity and mortality for that you vaccinate uh, the people who are older than 60 years and then uh, 45 plus who are with comorbidity and second a third purpose is preventing the transmission now what we know that children in this uh, scheme of thing or prioritization of vaccination uh, falls into third group where they could be useful vaccinating children could be useful for reducing the transmission however we already know that children are not at risk of morbidity or mortality uh, in comparison of adults who are at far, far higher risk that's one part second part is we as i discussed earlier through various serial survey have found that children have already been uh, infected and recovered or did not develop a severe disease so they are as much protected as adults without the vaccine merely saying that because children, uh, adults are being vaccinated and children are not being vaccinated does not convey that the children are at a higher risk we are sure that in the long run even children need to be vaccinated and that's why we can wait for vaccination of children and we should also wait for the right kind of vaccines for children which will not only prevent uh, them from disease but also help in reducing the transmission and those are the kind of vaccines which uh, like for example nasal vaccines nasal vaccines have advantage of reducing the transmission also okay dr lahari i had a broader question about uh, vaccination itself because on tuesday uh the government had said there'll be enough doses to vaccinate 1 crore people a day there is no shortage of vaccine the shortage is what you feel if you want to vaccinate the country within a month so we are vaccinating the country it is a large population by the middle of the year or early for july or in middle of july or early august we will have more than enough doses to vaccinate up to a crore per day how realistic is this 1 crore a day uh, target if you look at the current vaccine availability which was uh, 8 crore in the month of may but actual number of vaccines administered was 6 crore for month of june is 12 crore and that uh, on that rate or that much availability of vaccine a maximum daily vaccination can be done is 40 lakh uh, we don't foresee that uh, it will increase beyond 15 crore in july so if india want to achieve it one crore vaccination which is possible which can be done which it can only happen when that we have a sufficient vaccine excess of 30 crore a month or more and i don't foresee that kind of vaccine availability for the country before october 2021 obviously when there is a constraint of supply as you mentioned it's all about who you need to prioritize but tina what do we know about where india is uh, on approving vaccines for children in india i understand that covaxin for instance has begun trials in the 2 to 18 year age group recently yeah 
So India has started trials on vaccination for children. Uh, like you have just shared that we have Bharat Biotech's co-vaccine. The company has taken permission and are conducting trials. And then there is this uh, trial by Zydus Cadilla, which is near completion. They have conducted trials comprising like 1,000 children. And uh, as of now, they have not seen uh, any concern related to safety of the vaccine. We are also hearing negotiations which are ongoing between the government and global drug maker Pfizer. So if all goes well, uh, we may get Pfizer that can be used for children. In months to come, we may have like these three options uh, readily available. Like uh, Dr. Leheria has also uh, said that, you know, there is no undue burden that has been placed on the pediatric care infrastructure so far. However, there is a possible that two to three percent children who get infected may need hospitalization. So the government is already uh, gearing up uh, in terms of uh, making vaccinations available for children. But as of now, we don't have a clear timeline yet, right? It's ongoing. So maybe Zydus could become the first uh, ever uh, indigenous vaccine maker to get a vaccine approved for children because they are saying that their trial is almost near completion. Okay. Tina, so apart from the emphasis on uh, children that people are talking about, what is the government saying about broader preparations for the third wave? So the government is going full steam at three levels, at the level of surveillance, healthcare system and at community level. When we talk about surveillance, it means it uh, will be important to ensure that testing should not go down. At present, it's like 20 to 25 lakh per day. So that needs to be maintained. Okay. The government is also of the view that wherever positivity rate goes up, uh, then uh, say 5%, and in, intense investigation will be needed. And the government is giving stress to genome surveillance. The next is healthcare system. So the government has set up temporary uh, corona centers, which needed to be uh, sustained. These structures which have been created should not be dismantled. It should be amalgamated with the regular system. Then the temporary structures of ICU which have been created should be maintained. So they are all working on all these things like how to ensure that these structures which have been created as of now should be maintained. So this period where which is called maybe a lag period where maybe the cases will go down. This period should be used for training of doctors and personnel in intensive care. So the point is that whatever we have learned during this wave, we need to implement it. Making India oxygen concentrator need to be strengthened. Last but not the least, then they say about the community level, uh, you know, surveillance. There is a need for vaccine encouragement because, you know, you'll see that as the number of cases are going down, people will uh, have this uh, hesitancy. So the need to have proactive social mobilization and uh, inculcating the COVID-appropriate behavior has to be there. Doctor, my final question to you. In 2020, India was better off compared to many younger countries, but that, of course, changed dramatically in the current wave when hardly anyone's been left unaffected one way or the other. Now, you've made it very clear that children are not disproportionately at risk. So what should we be focusing on to deal with future spikes? And how should we be building on the failures of the last few months to face a future surge? So I'm not a big cricket fan, but let me give you a cricket analogy for sure. this one. So like it's, it was like a test match uh, where India went as an underdog before the first wave. And it did fairly well considering the constraints. However, once the first inning was over or first wave was over, the team started partying, really celebrating their victory. And when it came to the second inning of the, of the test match, they crumbled quickly and the other opposition won. And that's what uh, the situation has happened in COVID-19 pandemic. 
we celebrated little early we did not learn the lessons or did not realize that the the other side the sars-cov2 can come with vengeance duniya ke kai nami experts aur badi badi sanstaon ne kya kya kaha tha bhavishyavani ki gayi thi कि पूरी दुनिया में कोरोना से सबसे प्रभावित देश भारत होगा आज भारत दुनिया के उन देशों में से हैं जो अपने ज्यादा से ज्यादा नागरिकों का जीवन बचाने में सफल रहा है सो इट वॉज प्री मेच्योर सेलिब्रेशन द कंट्री स्टार्टेड थिंकिंग दैट वी डोंट नीड टू स्टैंड ऑन अवर हेल्थ केयर इंफ्रास्ट्रक्चर और इट कुड बी अचीव विदाउट मच ऑफ द एफर्ट one of the key learning is that you need to have a ready healthcare system which cannot be prepared overnight so preparedness is the best approach for pandemic responses and no health system can be prepared overnight to respond to the pandemic so that's all those system need to have a surge capacity second learning from both the waves in my opinion is that pandemic require a knowledge and evidence based response Mm-hmm. it's required that uh, the technical experts are engaged including independent expert the political decision should be minimum or should not be taken third learning is that we should have a decentralized uh, approach for operationalizing public health response the fourth learning is the timely reliable data fifth learning is that uh, and that is most important in my opinion that if we want to fight epidemics and pandemics then we need to have a three way partnership the partnership between policy makers and bureaucrats and then second group is a technical expert and third is a community uh, members unless all three works together unless each one of them do their bit we cannot fight the virus thank you doctor and as you mentioned uh, waves sound inevitable so all the more important that these learnings that you mentioned are implemented thank you very much Before we sign off I'd like to leave you with Dr Shetty's advice to parents who are apprehensive about what the future might hold for their children in the case of a third wave It's a difficult time for everybody and uh, the second wave has been really really unfortunate the first wave probably was uh, I mean it did affect but then it was more psychological uh, in terms of the fear of not knowing what is to come hearing all the stories happening across the world so there was a lot of concern but then uh, thankfully by god's grace it didn't seem to affect that much but the story is second wave has been absolutely in contrast it's been it's, it's been very difficult time for most of the families especially those who have lost their loved ones now when we hear a lot of these stories in the media and you know there is tremendous amount of anxiety levels about what's going to happen in the future now the great difficulty for us as doctors also has been you know managing this anxiety among families um, and what this anxiety does is you know try to take lots of medications when they are not required and even currently even the adults what we noticing is lot of people are taking too many medications when it's not required which are not proven not useful i think many of that stems from the fact of anxiety and people want something some medicine some to control so i think we should not feel so anxious and i think the experience at least of having learned from first wave and second wave you know uh, that at least in children it's not been that bad and uh, what we have noticed also last one year is uh, you know in the process of uh, bettering the immunity uh, over feeding and and lot of excessive weight gain we have got children who have developed diabetes at 11 years 12 years who have crossed 100 kilos at the age of 12 13 these are not a good and healthy trend a child who should gain a 
weight of around 2 kilos in a year is gaining around 10 kilos in a year you know this has been a common trend in fact it's going to create a pandemic of obesity and that's what's been happening in children psychological problems uh, problems related to pandemic i just remember one child admitted today is around uh, probably around 10 years and the only reason for getting admitted was that when I mean, the family was tested covid they're on day 3 of illness they got a blood test in her and the crp was told to be high the girl a 10 year old she got so anxious knowing about crp report i mean that's uh, and then they had to come to the hospital because child got anxious you know that's where we are now the anxiety of reports anxiety of half information anxiety of something going bad and i think it's really important to stay positive have a positive mindset and lead a healthy lifestyle You were listening to the morning brief from the Economic Times and I'm Indulekha Arvind. Today's episode was edited by Anjali Venugopalan and coordinated by Shashwat Mohanty. Write in with feedback to the morning brief at timesgroup.com and do spread the word about the episode on social media if you liked it. The morning brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Thank you for listening. Stay safe and have a great day. All the clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. You can find the credits in the description.